Welcome to the EchoCast episode 80. This is Bond Diesel. I do division things. And I'll just throw out there right now that if this recording sounds weird or if you hear a baby in the background, that's because I'm recording in my living room because I am on baby duty today and I want to get this recorded and done with. So I'm recording on my phone using a fancy new app, Easy Voice Recorder. So we'll see how it goes. Today... We are going to talk about the State of the Game recap, State of the Game thoughts, the Breakpoint release, Destiny 2 DLC, some listener questions, and personal and content updates. But first, if you would like to support the podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash theechocast. I want to thank DJ, Darren, Gray, Hassan, Joe, Jose, Luis, Mike, Ozzy, and Tim uh, for helping support and Christian. I need to remember you. Um... Thank you for supporting the content through Patreon. I very much appreciate it. Uh, we have a goal of 11. Uh, we have 11 patrons right now, a goal of 20, and I will remove ads uh, from the podcast and any other good suggestions. I am open and willing to hear them out. Uh, you can also support, or if you just want some uh, Echo Cast or Bond Diesel merch, you can go to Design by Human and, and just type in Bond Diesel. B-A-U-N-D-I-E-S-E-L. And uh, I have a bunch of cool stuff on there, including some brand new merch I just posted today. Okay, so state of the game recap, let's jump right into it. Today we had Hamish and Trick Dempsey on the show to talk about uh, priority alerts and some changes uh, just in general coming to episode two of The Division Two. Uh, priority alerts basically consisted of um, comments and acknowledgement about the apparel key drop rate uh, concerns that a lot of people have and some frustrations people are having. Um, and that there will be a new article on Friday to talk about it and talk about changes that they're going to have. Uh, I feel kind of guilty. I've, I've only grinded out, you know, a handful of, uh, caches this time and I've gotten keys on most of them. So I suspect it really is just crazy RNG. Uh, but I think it sounds like they may be doing something like, uh, the specialization ammo, the way it drops now, where you have like a meter and you see how close you are to getting more. Maybe they're going to do something like that, but we will have to see. Uh, they did talk about how the in the live game, conflict mode had kind of a sneaky patch where they implemented some um, server changes to help with um, hit registration and lag and stuff like that. So go test it because I imagine if it goes well in conflict, They'll introduce it into the rest of the game, which can only help. Uh, next week's stay of the game was talked about as well, and it's going to be a deep dive into Episode 2's Pentagon activity and some new specializations. Okay, so then they talked about um, Episode 2 and how the expeditions are going to return, uh, and the mastery system will be there. Uh, the mastery system is going to go, uh, or the expeditions are going to go two weeks on, two weeks off. Uh, and, I, and I guess it's just going to be ongoing. So um, I still kind of don't get why they have to do it on and off anyways, but obviously they're sticking to it, so that's fine. Um, and the mastery system looked cool. They um, showed some screenshots and stuff like that. Uh, you can either go watch it, or if you want to look at my Twitter, it's at Diesel. I did a whole stay of the game live tweet, and I included the screenshots that they posted as well. Uh, this is uh, kind of a funny part because it, I think it kind of slipped under um, under the, the table or under people's eyes or ears. 
Um, but I believe Trick said that the first expedition return will be on October 15th. And he also said, or, you know, they also said that uh, that's that episode two is when the expeditions will return. So with my big giant brain, I'm putting together that maybe we're getting back, uh, we're getting episode two on the 15th. But, you know, no confirmation. I'm sure they'll talk about that, I assume, next week. Okay, they talked about some changes with the Shepherd rank and how there's basically going to be guaranteed progression every time you help someone, as well as a chance for them to reward you for helping. Uh, they talked about how in Episode 2, Camp White Oak and the, the zoo missions will now be invadable, and the zoo will actually be a stronghold because it's such a big mission. Uh, Trick talked about a secret boss in the zoo that no one had found at that point, uh, and then within... Uh, a couple hours, people had found it, and we're posting all about it on Reddit. Um, if you don't want spoilers to it, close your ears for like 10 seconds. Uh, but basically, there's five beehives in the middle area of the map um, near the butterfly exhibit. And then you shoot all of them, and then you go to the butterfly exhibit and hit a button, and the boss comes out. No special drops or anything, but kind of a neat little thing. Kind of funny that no one thought to uh, figure it out. And then last, they talked about the places um, where named items will drop, and which is, was kind of rehashing some stuff. But I'm talking about how like heroic activities and bounties and stuff like that. Um, and that really any enemy in the game has a minuscule chance to drop named items. But there's going to be places um, that are way more likely to drop them, and some will only drop in certain activities. Uh, so for me, I, I thought this was a pretty self-explanatory state of the game. Um, Trick is awesome. They um, always provide good information, and I really appreciate uh, you know whenever they are on because uh, you know they're one of my favorite people to have on the show. As for the next uh, episode next week, we are going to have um, talk about the Pentagon and the new specialization. Uh, so the new specialization, if you paid attention to the phase one of the PTS for Title Update Six. Uh, they actually kind of leaked it in there. Again, if you don't want any spoilers, don't listen for like 10 seconds. It's called the Technician, and it had a Hive uh, special thing. Uh, but by Phase 2 of the PTS, they had taken all reference to that out. Uh, I didn't get any screenshots. I'm sure some other people did. Um, but we don't really know much more than that about it. So um, I'm hoping... I've always been guessing for like an RPG, like a single-shot missile launcher... Uh, maybe it would take down Heavy's armor completely and maybe even knock him out. Or you know, maybe it would have some area of effect or something. I don't know. Um, or that or the flamethrower people have been throwing out for a long time for a new specialist weapon. Uh, and as for the actual things that they can do special, we'll just probably have to wait and see. I'm not smart enough to guess. The Pentagon is a complete... Uh, mystery at this point and i you know i'm, I'm sure it'll, i'm excited to find out what it's going to be um i think i have some you know really hopeful ideas of it being like the underground 2.0 or hoping that it's going to be you know some big replayable thing uh, at the very least i hope it is replayable in some capacity uh from a realistic point of view I'm not really expecting it to be like the underground. I, I think that in hindsight, we maybe didn't realize how big of a project something like the underground and something like survival and, and those things really were, um, that they were probably in development uh, for a good chunk of the entire game uh, you know, as side projects. So you know, I don't think of that as like an excuse, but I do 
uh, kind of realize that, you know, maybe we aren't going to get that kind of content until episode three or something like that. But we'll have to wait and see. But either way, honestly, I'm just excited. Uh, I, I have full confidence that it's going to be better than the expedition. Again, I think the expedition has some merit. I think the mastery system is going to help with that. But still, it just kind of... I don't know. It was a little lackluster, if you ask me. And um, I, I think that they can do better than that. Um, I did see something else that was kind of interesting division-wise. I noticed uh, that there was a topic on the forums that got brought up in my Discord. Um, talking about how some uh, well, a creator um, was claiming that they were asked to preview the Pentagon uh, mission or whatever it's going to be. Uh, and they were, you know, they showed this this email, um, born to gun or something like that. I've never heard of him, but looks like he's got a nice following. Um, so, so it's weird. The email they showed was was kind of interesting. It, like, if someone said, "Hey, make an email or make something that looks like an email to to rile people up." Uh, it, it's what it looked like. <laughs> um, it definitely didn't look like any of the emails I've ever received from Ubisoft. That said, um, a lot of the information on it looked legit. So I, I guess maybe that's a thing. Um, I just wasn't under the impression they had um, infrastructure where they... I'm not aware that they've ever allowed people to remotely test new content besides the PTS. Um, in theory, I could see how they could have a PTS-like uh, build of the game that they could send out to certain people on their uh, Uplay account, I guess, and you could maybe test out this kind of thing. Uh, maybe you get a preview to it. Um, the, that person's the only creator I've seen talk about anything like that. Um, I, I, that, that creator is lukewarm at best towards the game, it seems, from the videos I've seen. Um, but they but they are fairly popular. So, um, and one thing I will give Division credit for is they don't just give uh, promotion or they don't just give opportunities to people who love them. They, uh, you know, they invite people who aren't so positive as well to their events. So I, I don't know. I mean, if it's real, I, I guess my thing is I saw people getting upset, acting as if, you know, oh, they're giving these YouTubers, you know, the special treatment. I mean, yeah, they do. You know, they they do give people who promote their game, sometimes good or bad, special treatment because they need to make money and that's how they make money is with advertisement. Um, and something like this barely even costs them any money and it gives you know creators an opportunity to you know, get a few clicks and get a few new follows. Um, so, I mean, even if this is true, which it very well may be, um, I don't really see the harm in it, um, especially if they have an embargo where they um, can't release any of the information like until launch day or like the day before, so you can choose to ignore it if you want. Um, I think it was kind of lame to, um, you know, if it is real, to take a screenshot and post it. That's a pretty good way to never get um, any opportunities with Ubisoft again. Uh, but, you know, that's um, that's to each their own, you know, not everyone cares about that kind of stuff. and. That's perfectly fine. So I don't really see the harm in it, but, you know, some people won't like it, and uh, I'll just say I'm not super worried about it. So there we go. Okay, I'll tell you what else I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about this 30-second mid-roll that's about to come up. So uh, I'll see you on the other side.
Okay, so a uh, couple of topics here. I'm going to talk about um, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Destiny 2 Shadow Keep, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, something that came up before I could put it on my notes here, but the PS4 announcing that they are removing uh, the restriction of crossplay from beta and opening it up to every developer who wants to consider it. So, okay, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So if you listened to the podcast last week, I talked about um, the, the beta. Um, so, uh, yeah, so what happened was the beta ended on, in the, on Sunday morning, which was kind of weird. I've never seen a beta end on a weird day like that, but I guess that's what was announced, so that's fine. Um, on, on the last episode, I kind of gave my thoughts on um, the closed beta, and, 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 uh, and then I made a big post on Twitter, again, at Bondiesel, uh, about my experience with Breakpoint, the things I liked and didn't like. Um, I definitely like some things. I think it's a fun little sandbox shooter. Um, it's fun to blow some time in. Um, but there's also a bunch of stuff I don't like. Um, and I'll, I'll say that, uh, let's see, Monday morning, they actually opened up the servers a day early uh, for people with Deluxe Edition, um, which I got a code. Uh, for full disclosure, I got a free code from Ubisoft. I am a Delta Company member, which is their um, creator partnership program. It's not really clearly defined, but basically they, they selected a bunch of people in their community, both um, YouTubers and creators and people who don't do that, to um, be, be in this Delta Company group. Um, they, there's a Discord and stuff like that. And... Um, and part of that is that you could request a code, and, which I got. So, full disclosure, uh, I, you know, thank you to Ubisoft for giving that to me. Um, but <laughs> there's there's some problems. So I've talked at length about a lot of the issues I have with uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, just in general. I, I don't really think it represents the Ghost Recon franchise very well. I feel like it's kind of taken it in a direction that. I really wish it wouldn't have. I think Wildlands definitely started that trend. Uh, Wildlands was the first Ghost Recon not um, made by um, Red Storm, or not led by Red Storm. Uh, Red Storm did Future Soldier and all the ones before that. Uh, Future Soldier, for full disclosure, is my favorite uh, Ghost Recon game ever, and probably one of my favorite games in general. So, obviously, I set a high bar, and Wildlands just didn't, never met it for me. Um, Again, kind of like Breakpoint, it's a cool sandbox, but the story is just the worst, and it drags on and on and on and on and on. The method of even getting to the story missions in Wildlands was just atrocious. And then, and then it was just, it just was goofy. It, it was, just, you know, the, the, the open world was neat, and it was pretty, but you, you know, traversing that open world was fast traveling or using a helicopter because driving was just useless. You just drove off of cliffs was the fastest way to get to places. Um, and it's the same in Breakpoint. Um, basically, Breakpoint, I mean, Breakpoint is Wildlands 1.5. You know, it's got some updates. There's a few things new to it. There's a few regressions, in my opinion. Um, one of those regressions definitely being this looter shooter system that they've added. Um, you know, Wildlands had like a skill tree that you had to unlock but now Breakpoint has that, which I actually like the skill tree in Breakpoint. But then, you know, the, the gear progression that it added. I mean, there's a gear score in a Ghost Recon game now. which is, And there's leveled enemies. And there's leveled gear and guns with attributes. It, it just... 
you know, the only attribute that Ghost Recon gun needs is accuracy, recoil, you know, damage. You know, we don't need to have, you know, 3% extra damage against robots. You know, like, that's just unnecessary for a Ghost Recon game. And, and it just really bums me out that they put that in there because along with that comes um, this really bullet spongy feel to the game, which um, Wildlands actually kind of had on its own. You could... Um, hit you know unarmored enemies with like four or five chest shots and they wouldn't go down uh, maybe i'm exaggerating but that's definitely what it felt like but then headshots were one hit kills which is good but you can't have one and the other i don't know and then breakpoint continues that trend and even worse if you fight enemies that are above your level they can take a ton of hits but they still are only one shot headshots which the logic of that is just mind-boggling. If you want a looter shooter, you need to make it so enemies higher level than you definitely can't be one-shot headshot. But that's not what we have. We have a game where a level one pistol can one-shot headshot a level 150 enemy, but it'll take like 15 shots to their chest to even do any damage. Um, and then in the drones and robots and stuff is where the, the sponginess gets really bad. The... Uh, it just it's crazy i i hate it I, I hate this new system they put in and i get what they're doing they, they did it with assassin's creed which i actually think it's done really well in assassin's creed um i, I know i keep seeing people compare division two um you know from breakpoint uh, and and that's just ah, it's such a bad thing if you played the games it doesn't make sense it doesn't feel the same at all what Breakpoint feels like is Assassin's Creed with guns. The, the way the menu is, the way the, the loadouts are, even the way that skills and talents drop on the gear and all that stuff. I mean, it's it's a, it's Odyssey, you know, with guns. Which is fine. Odyssey's a great game, but unfortunately it just doesn't fit into the Ghost Recon world, at least in my opinion. Um, and then there's a bunch of stuff. The movement feels terrible. The cover system's garbage. The enemies are as dumb as rocks. They're just so stupid. Even the wolf enemies, the wolves, you know, Sean from The Walking Dead, they're just so dumb. <laughs> the, the only thing that differentiates them from the other dumb enemies is that they wear helmets, so they take two headshots to kill with any gun. Uh, as far as I can tell, they don't have any special abilities, they don't have any special AI, they just run at you and shoot until you kill them, or until they get lucky and kill you. But even beyond all of the gameplay stuff and, and the drag, the story and the, the story absolutely drags on. I got past this, the part of the story that was in the beta, and and you run into at least where I'm at these three people you need to find, and the story progression for them is just awful. It's just grindy and feels terrible to me. It's not compelling. The story's not interesting. It's just do this and this and this to find this person. And I don't know where the story goes beyond that. And honestly, at this point, I don't think I'm probably ever going to find out. Um, I'm, I'm bored with it. And, and the story isn't interesting to me. Uh, and then the biggest offender is the microtransactions. Um, I, I'll preface what I'm going to say about this with uh, you don't have to buy any of them. You, you, you can complete this game and you can compete in Ghost War, the PvP. You can do everything without purchasing a single thing. Absolutely. Uh, a good chunk of the stuff you can earn with regular credits that you earn while playing the game. And you can have that experience and be fine. But there's things, you know, first, 
you can literally buy anything, like with real money. And it just feels dirty. You know, whether it's unlocking weapons, unlocking attachments, uh, buying vehicles, you know, there are some outfits and uh, weapon attachments, I believe, you can only purchase with real money. Um, and I think that some of the attachments are like, there's, there's certain attachments you can only purchase, um, and they're like really useful. And I think that's kind of shady. I could be wrong, but from what I can tell, there's attachments that you can't buy. And then the coolest looking things in the game are the wolves. Uh, even though they're the easiest enemies to kill in the game. And uh, to wear their outfits, you have to buy them. You can't just earn them. I think there's one helmet you can buy with game credits, uh, but most of them you can't. You have to buy them with real money. Um, and on top of that, you have like XP boosters and stuff like that, which, you know, we had this stuff in Odyssey, and some of this stuff was in Wildlands too, but it just didn't seem so forced in your face. Like the, the, the XP booster is my favorite. With the deluxe edition I have, the XP booster, it lasts for you get one for free for two days. And what I noticed is that every time you kill an enemy, it shows the XP that you got from killing that enemy in the top. And what it shows also, right on top of that, is how much you have left of your booster. Every single enemy or anything you do to earn XP, it shows you how much you have left on your booster. And from a psychology standpoint, um, that's dirty. Uh, maybe some people are going to argue that it's informative, that it's how it should be, and that's great. But what it really is is it's it is it's a constant reminder of you're going to run out, you're going to run out of your booster. Don't you love getting extra XP, man? Don't you already feel like you're earning XP pretty slow? You should go and get another booster. Um, and I do think that sucks. I, I I hate that. And then the thing that drove me the craziest is that the purchasable um, coins and breakpoint are called ghost credits. Um, the, the coin that you earn just in general, the, the, the money that you earn generally, is called Skell credits. Skell is the person who ran this island before the takeover. And you can purchase large sums of Skell credits with ghost credits. So you can take real money from your bank account and buy ghost credits. And then you can use those ghost credits to buy the currency that you can earn for free in the regular game. <laughs> um, it's just crazy. Like, I think what's most frustrating to me about it is that every single dev on this team, who I'm sure many of them hated that they were doing this, um, and everyone at Ubisoft, and everyone at the studio who makes this game, Ubisoft Paris, I believe, had to have known, like, this is going to be a shit show. Even if we don't think it's abusive, and even if we don't think it's you know, there's no loot boxes yet. I'm sure they're coming. They were in Wildlands. Even if it doesn't feel abusive, and even if it's like, hey, you can play the whole game without needing any of this, anyone has to be able to look at this this microtransaction section and breakpoint and just be like, yikes. You know, like, it, it has to it has to make anyone cringe. And um, and I'm not even big on complaining about microtransactions and stuff. I I kind of don't give a damn about them. I'm going to play the crap out of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, even though I'm sure they're going to put in some really stupid crap. And if it's this blatant, I'll complain about it too. But, like, this game already feels like such an abuse to the name of Ghost Recon. And Wildlands was bad enough. And now with this, I just don't... And then on top of some of the other changes they've made... It's, and then some things they didn't change, which they absolutely should have, like the cover system. 
it's just weird. And, and I'm sure there's devs and CMs right now at Ubisoft and with this game who are just like shaking their heads like, hey, we knew this was going to suck. Um, but, but they, whew. and then there's just things that, you know, they, they, they hid all the microtransaction stuff and the betas, uh, which is fine, you know, that I, people will excuse that and whatever. Um, but then they, what I thought was funny is that I can't recall a single line of marketing that talked about the loot system and the RPG system that they've added in uh, with Breakpoint and the systems they've added. Um, and to me, what that says is they were, they knew people would lose their minds about it, so they didn't want to talk about it. And they hoped that the people who did talk about it wouldn't be too loud. Uh, and, and it's just, um, it's just mind boggling, but you know, it, it, it is what it is, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to complain more than I need to, honestly, I'm, I played some, the PvP's fine, it feels exactly the same as Wildlands, I've had a few people push back on me on that, and say that some things have improved, and, you know, the dedicated servers, I'm sure, feel better, um, you know, that some of the systems do seem somewhat improved, but, the overall feel of it feels no different than Wildlands. And I think that this game is going to be such a hot mess, both media-wise and when people actually get their hands on it, that you're going to have the same situation you did with Wildlands, where you're going to have this core, extremely passionate, if not somewhat volatile fan base, who is just going to snap back at anyone who complains about things that I think are fairly legitimate. Uh, and you're going to end up with a few thousand people who love this game, even with all of its faults, uh, and you're going to have another Ghost Recon game that, you know, they're, they're not meant, they're kind of niche games anyways, um, but you're kind of taking a lot of fun out of the game and just, you know, for the sake of trying to make sure it's profitable, I guess. And, um, and that's a bummer, because Ghost Recon deserves more than that. Uh, Ghost Recon really could have stayed you know, one of their only single-player games that they had left with some co-op and some really organized, really good PvP, um, the way that, you know, I would say Future Soldier was. Instead, they've just, you know, added in, you know, you know, we had the Division come out, which I think does RPG stuff really well, because it should, that's the whole point. And then they did it to Assassin's Creed, which I really didn't mind, because I think it actually works really well. But then they did it to Far Cry, and that's when I cringed, and I said, oh no. They're going to keep doing this, because Far Cry 5 was great. Far Cry 5 was a great Far Cry game. It wasn't an amazing, super amazing game, but it was a great Far Cry game. And when they did that, and I saw, you know, the first time I saw the first announcement for Breakpoint, and I noticed what was going on, I knew, I was like, oh no, they're going to Far Cry New Age Breakpoint. And sure enough, that's what they did. Uh, and then all that's made me think about now is, oh my god, when they release Beyond Good and Evil 2... It's going to be an RPG, which is could be okay. could be like Assassin's Creed. And when Splinter Cell comes out, I put my foot down now. I think I said on stream a week or two ago, Splinter Cell, whatever the next one's called, whenever it comes out, is probably going to be an open-world, loot-based RPG. Because I bet they're making it right now, and I bet everything they have in the pipe right now. Uh, same with uh, Watch Dogs. You know, that with the way that game looks like, it, it could work if they do this open world looter thing. But ugh, eventually you're going to have fatigue of this formula. So I've ranted about that enough. I'll move on to the next topic, which is Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Um, straight up, I don't care about Destiny 2. Uh, best shooting mechanics in really maybe the game, in the gaming world. 
Uh, I will say that Call of Duty Modern Warfare has some real chunky feeling guns. Feels super good. Uh, I, I would, from a Homer standpoint, I would argue that Division Two actually has some really good feeling guns. But Destiny Two, by far, best best feeling guns in the game, uh, in the gaming industry. Uh, you know, had a rough go. You know, Destiny Two started off really bad, has recovered really well. And um, I still think it's just a boring game to play. I, I hate how the enemies just kind of wait for you to kill them. Uh, it's just, I don't have, it's, it's just interesting to me that Destiny 2 is such a fun game to shoot guns in that has the least inter interesting things to shoot at. But beyond that, um, I dabble whenever they have updates come out. And, um, you know, I've been paying attention to Shadow Keep a little bit. And what, what I think is interesting is now that it's come out, um, I've seen some various reviews and stuff like that. Um, apparently, I, I didn't play Destiny 1 either, but um, it, it, this DLC returns to the moon, which if you didn't know, Destiny 2 involves a bunch of the planets in our solar system, our real planets, uh, that you go around and do various activities at. Uh, and the moon is the new location for this DLC, which was a DLC in the first game as well. Um, and I've seen like one half of people saying like, hey, you know, this is just a rehash of the first game. You know, these are the same enemies we fought, the same places we fought at, same activities even. Some of the missions, I, I guess, are, you know, feel extremely similar. Uh, and then the other half are like, yeah, maybe. But what's, what's being changed deep down is great. Um, so I do think that conversation is kind of interesting. I'm, you know, curious to, if you have any input on it, feel free to let me know. Because I'm pretty uneducated with Destiny, so I'm willing to hear uh, other opinions out um, but I really think Destiny should be kind of like a marker for Division 2. Um, I think Division 2 right now, as we stand, we are uh, about seven months into the release. Um, and one thing I, I really want people to consider is how good of shape Destiny 2 in, uh, is in right now with its community and just with the game in general. Uh, but also to consider um, that I believe, and this is maybe my fanboyism, but I really don't think so, that that. You know, Destiny 2 was in bad shape until Forsaken, which I believe came out a year after the game came out. Um, I don't think the Division 2 has ever been in, a, in as bad a shape as Destiny 2 was at release. I think Division 2 at seven months is in way better shape than Destiny 2 was at, at seven months. Um, and with that said, I obviously don't think Division 2 is in better shape than Destiny 2 today. But what, to me, that says is that there's an opportunity and, and I think a likelihood that, um, that the Division Two in a better state currently um, can really progress and get better and better as time goes on. And, and it, it, you know, a year and a half, two years in, I'm really excited to see where Division Two is at because, honestly, I'm just excited to see where we're at after Title Update 6. Um, I, think, I think we'll probably have 6 in Episode 2 and then probably ep Title Update 7 and then probably Title Update 8 with Episode 3. And that's the return to New York. Like, that's going to be the big topic here soon after Title Update 6 comes out. Um, is to wonder, like, what in the heck is Episode 3 going to be? What are we going to do in New York? So, you know, I think Destiny 2, I respect the heck out of it, even if I don't really care for it that much. And I really hope that uh, Division 2 can meet that. Uh, and then the last thing here is a little bit of a talk about, um, you know, the PlayStation 4 uh, Sony announced today, uh, as of recording this podcast, that they are opening up crossplay. I guess they had it in a beta stage and now they're opening up and it's basically up to developers to input. So 
Division two developers, I'm sure it's a super complicated process, uh, mostly because of usernames, but uh, whether it's a system of username with, you know, a little symbol or something that designates, you know, who plays on what system, or if it uses your Ubisoft, like your Uplay name, because even if you're on Xbox or PS4, you need an Ubisoft login or you should have one for your, prog for your progress and stuff. Uh, however that you can do it, please do. I really think that especially the consoles could benefit from it. PC, I, I honestly, I mean this not, not in the nicest way, but it kind of seems like that community kind of prefers to keep to itself. Um, so, uh, and because of some of the challenges like with PVP and stuff like that, um, that's a thing I would like to see happen eventually. Um, but I feel like the console side, uh, getting PS4 and Xbox to play together could happen, should, or theoretically could happen extremely quickly. Maybe we can bring the PC people into the fold eventually. But just player base wise and stuff like that, this is for all games, but especially for the Division 2. Um, I really, really just hope that they implement this. At some point, we don't have to wait till like a Division 3 or, you know, the next generation of systems and games before this happens. Um, I, I, I think that the technology is probably there. Um, I, if anything, I just would like a statement. I would just like a, hey, we're looking into it. And as soon as we can figure out a way to do it efficiently and safely and blah, 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 we'll do it. Please, for the love of all, it's good. On playing Call of Duty with people from all systems was so awesome. Um, and I really think that for games like The Division that have their ups and downs of player population, um, it could really help with matchmaking and stuff like that. So, so if you have it, you know, so, so support it, whoever you are. If you're a player, support it as a player. If you're a dev, support it as a dev. Uh, you know, let's, let's get people to make the right decision here. Okay, so we've got a few listener questions uh, from Patreon. I've got Christian Deckert, and we have questions. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm going to run through these pretty quick. What are the next two or three builds you think are the most efficient in PvE and PvP? Uh, I'm probably not the best person to ask about little specific builds. I know I've taken my skill build and my damage to elite build already um, in the live game and modified them to work for title update 6 when it drops, just so I'm ready to go right out the gate. Um, I, I don't really have any you know, talent combos and all that to talk about, but what I will say is that my damage to elite build, even though I had damage to elite stacked, now I focus that build that build towards mostly weapon damage and then specific weapon damage, uh, and I'm and I'm actually pretty surprised that I believe it may actually be more powerful than my stacked damage to elite build was. So um, I, I think that we're actually going to have a pretty good chance of seeing a bunch of new builds coming up. Um, but I'm probably not the best person to ask about specifics. Uh, for raid speculation, Christian asked. Um, will this be a pure DPS, kind of like the first one, or maybe some more fancy mechanics? I think it has to be some more fancy mechanics. Uh, I, I really think it needs to be skill-based, and there needs to be a lot more to it. Um, you know, the, the first raid was, you know, after I watched it enough, I even kind of lost interest in doing it. Because it's basically, once you know what the mechanics are, it's just a giant DPS test, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I would be curious to see some more, um, some more interesting uh, mechanics than just shoot really hard. And then finally, um, will matchmaking be immediately available for second raid, matchmaking for normal difficulty on the first one at least? Um, I think if you've paid attention to what the devs have said, we are never going to get straight matchmaking on uh, like the real raids, like the real level of raid. 
Um, they did mention, talk. they talked a bit about doing like an LFG system, which is sort of like matchmaking, but much more focused. Um, I think that's going to be way more likely to be included, maybe with the second raid, maybe not. But I, 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 I will even say, you know, my whole thing when the last raid came out was I agreed with a lot of people that matchmaking in the raid would be a nightmare. Um, with people not talking and stuff like that. It's it just, it, it would be awful. I still think that it's fine to give people the opportunity. Maybe they'll get lucky. But I also understand, you know, the whole idea. My issue was that there were people who are, you know, from what I've basically gathered, who were Destiny fans, who, because Destiny doesn't do it, the Division shouldn't do it. And it was just kind of this, like, almost like nose up in the air kind of attitude about, you know, maybe we don't want matchmaking necessarily, but we need a option. Um, you know, just yelling at people and telling them to join a discord server, you know, that isn't going to work for the majority of players. That's, you know, especially for console players using discord for, for gaming and for that isn't a common thing, uh, for the, for most players. Um, and, and just, ex and just yelling at them to do that isn't, the way to fix this. So while I don't believe we'll get matchmaking for the second or third or fourth or hundredth raid, um, I, I do think that we'll eventually have some type of LFG system where people can like set parameters for the type of players they want to pull in. And there can be like almost like a board of, Hey, we need someone like this. You know, if you're like that, please jump in. And you know, if, if, if that's true, then we'll go do the thing. So, no the matchmaking, but probably some type of LFG system. Uh, and then the last question here is from Joe Polidoro. And they ask, uh, all large changes aside, what minor quality of life tweaks would you like to see in title update 6 or later? I think the ones that we're getting um, are cool. It's kind of hard to just throw them out there because when I played the PTS... Sorry, big yawn. Um, when I played the PTS... It, you know, it just a bunch of little things, things just felt better, whether it was the targeted looting, uh, the new shepherd system, um, just the changes to the builds and stuff like that in general, um, the changes to the layout and stuff like that uh, of some things, um, the, the difference in the recalibration. And I mean, I just feel like the title update six, like there's some big headline changes, but it's really a, an update full of smaller changes that are um, quality of life based. For ones in the future that they still haven't touched, I mean, I really think that the community opinion on the whole, you know, range of stats on gear based on the gear score, is uh, is a, is a big change that needs to be looked at at least, or, you know, you know, considered. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I I think um, I think that title update six needs to come out, and then I can have um, a stronger opinion of quality of life things I still want. Uh, for some quick content updates. Uh, Baby Diesel and Bay Diesel are doing great. Uh, Baby Diesel's getting huge. It's crazy. Uh, Bay Diesel returned to work this week, so I took a few days off to help um, everyone get to a new routine. I will be off on Wednesdays uh, for the rest of this year because of some obligations that Bay Diesel has. Um, and so, you know, the stay of the games and stuff like that uh, should be interesting. So if you noticed today, I was actually able to post screenshots. Uh, I should be able to keep doing that for the, at least the next couple months um, until I go back to work on Wednesdays. And uh, the crazy schedule, on the other hand, has meant that I haven't really streamed too much in the this week. 
I'm, I'm gonna try to get back to it I promise it's just a lot right now um, a lot of changes I'm very tired and neglecting lots of housework um, and then the final thing is I, I plan on doing the video for episode 2 once it comes out once I can kind of get my hands on it uh, I did this for the expedition and talked about it I may just focus it on just the Pentagon uh, or I may do a more general video this time. The Pentagon, I had a lot to, or the expedition, I had a lot to say because I thought it was kind of a letdown. But, um, you know, we'll have to see how everything plays out. I was going to do a video on Breakpoint, but at this point, I, I, I don't. I'm good. There's enough other people making videos and doing them much better than I could do. Um, you know, if, if you liked Wildlands, definitely check it out, I guess. Just be weary. Maybe wait and see if it's going to be on sale here in a couple months. Um, it's not a bad game, but it should be a lot better than it is. And I think they kind of deserve to have their feet kind of raked over the, uh, the coals a bit for some of the really, just really ob obnoxious decisions made in the game. Um, but you know, we'll see, maybe they'll change things. It's probably going to be too late if I have to be totally honest. Okay. So to wrap things up, if you want to support the podcast or my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the You can also check out my merch for a bunch of different stuff on designbyhuman.com and look up Bond Diesel and you will find merch on there. Uh, the coffee cups are definitely the most popular item, but there's t-shirts and sweaters and stuff like that as well. If you're on iTunes and you're listening to this, please, please, please rate the podcast and leave a review. It helps me out and it helps me get noticed. Uh, I am on, uh, I am Bond Diesel on Twitch where I stream three to four times a week uh, when things aren't crazy. I'm also Bond Diesel at Twitter, uh, where you can catch my thoughts, state of the game live tweets, and the occasional foot in my own mouth. And uh, that's all I have. So until next time.